Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM. Broadcasting from Lower Carruthers Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. Today in YGK is brought to you by CFRC's News Collective. CFRC's news programming is made possible by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and the Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. I'm CFRC's broadcast journalist, Christina Laurie, and here are your local news headlines. In a message from the City of Kingston and Utilities Kingston, Utilities Kingston offers seasonal utility safety tips. Jim Miller, Chief Operating Officer at Utilities Kingston states, quote, knowing how to prevent a utility emergency will help keep your family safe this winter. Kingstonians concerned about the safety of a utility service by Utilities Kingston can call their 24-hour line at 613-546-1181, end quote. Kingston Fire and Rescue supports Utilities Kingston in promoting these safety tips. Chief Fire Prevention Officer at Kingston Fire and Rescue, Ted Pasadowski states, quote, please take time to review and apply these important tips from Utilities Kingston. Simple steps taken now can help ensure your safety and the safety of your loved ones, end quote. Number one, keep hydrants visible. Residents and snow removal companies are reminded not to shovel or blow snow onto hydrants. The utility company thanks residents who take the time to clear snow and ice from fire hydrants so they can be easily accessed by firefighters in case of emergency. Number two, keep gas and electrical meters clear. Although your outdoor gas meter is designed to withstand winter weather, heavy or hard-packed snow and ice can be a safety hazard. Keep snow and ice from building up on and covering your gas and electric meters and avoid piling snow under the meters or electrical wires. Take care when using a snowblower or plow near your meter and never kick or hit the gas meter or its piping to break away build-up snow or ice. Number three, keep outside exhaust vents cleared. Outdoor vents or gas-fired appliances such as furnaces or water heaters exhaust carbon monoxide and need to be clear for safety. Number four, prevent water from freezing around outside electrical lines. Never attempt to clear ice from around electrical lines yourself. Keep your eaves troughs free of debris so water runs safely away before it freezes. Ice can build up where overhead electrical service wires attach to your home. Consider that the root of the problem may be poor attic insulation. Number five, protect water lines. Prolonged extreme cold spells present a risk of water lines freezing. Take steps to prevent this by visiting utilitieskingston.com water slash frozen services. This webpage also explains the processes and responsibilities involved if your water service does freeze. Number six, report gas smells or hissing. If you suspect a gas leak and are inside, leave the premises immediately. Do not do anything that could create a spark. If you are outside, clear the area and do not use lighters or start vehicles. Call 613-546-1181, extension 2151 when you are safe. Number seven, install and obey carbon monoxide alarms. Carbon monoxide is an invisible odorless gas that can kill you in high concentrations. If your alarm goes off, immediately evacuate all occupants and call 911. Ontario Fire Code requires all homes and fuel burning appliances and or attached garages to be equipped with CO alarms. These alarms should be located outside of all sleeping areas. And finally, number eight, know what to do in the event of a winter storm. Severe weather can cause power outages and downed power lines, as well as put your basement at risk of flooding. You can visit the Utilities Kingston website to learn how to be more prepared. That is all things current in Kingston for this week. Thank you for listening to CFRC's local news programming, brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the local journalism initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. Stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. In a message from the City of Kingston recognizing Black history, imagining the future. 
Guided by community, the City of Kingston recognizes February as Black History and Futures Month. While the addition of a punctuation mark and an additional word may seem like a small change, it represents a substantial shift in approach and intention. Vanessa Mensa, Manager of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion at the City of Kingston states, quote, Black history speaks to the historical context and realities of Black people and communities. Futures considers that while current circumstances are linked to history, the future is also linked to the present. If we use the present to support and uplift Black communities and voices, we can begin to commit to a new future, end quote. Bobby Williams from Kingston's Black Love Collective states, quote, To the Black people here in Kingston and beyond, take what you need from this month to recharge, rejuvenate, renew, rest, and reconnect, and continue loving yourself in a world that has much growing, much changing, and much redressing to do. Know that you are held and loved, end quote. In support of Black History and Futures Month, the City of Kingston is amplifying community-led events taking place throughout the city and the community. A global calendar of events has been assembled in a Google Doc by members of local Black communities to centralize that information for all those interested. This calendar is being updated as new events are confirmed. Check back frequently for new information. This document is available on the City of Kingston website. Tomorrow on February 1st, City Hall and Springer Market Square will be illuminated in red, green, and yellow to celebrate the start of Black History and Futures Month. At their last meeting, Council was presented with the opportunity to determine whether they would increase the reduction target for corporate greenhouse gas emissions. The choice before Council was to make the jump from 30% by 2030 to 40 to 50% by 2030, or delay the decision until 2025. The option to push the decision to 2025 was proposed to give staff an opportunity to gather more information and evaluate the feasibility of the goal, as many studies are underway to determine the best courses of action. I, I think I, I certainly speak for myself when I look at you know not being able to breathe the air in June and July and being terrified at what the how our climate is changing and not being able to take my kids to bargaining at all in December. Uh, it isn't, I think, lost on any of us that we're in a climate emergency and Kingston has to be a leader. But we need to know what we're getting into. I hate it when other levels of government say we're going to meet these targets and they have no plan to get there. Um, we need to know how we're going to get there and that's what we're endorsing tonight. The steps, the costs, it's transparent with the community of what we're going to do to achieve our carbon targets. I want Kingston to achieve this and I can certainly speak for myself. I've been an advocate across all sectors. We're 2% of all emissions in Kingston. The other 98% of, pe of people, our industrial sector, people who own houses have to get on board as well. So I, I appreciate everybody who's come out tonight. Take this message home, talk to your MP, talk to your MPPs, talk to your neighbors and get them on board. Change your patterns of driving, of consuming and get everybody on board. We're one slice of the pie. We all are in this together. And I know that a goal of 50% by 2030 would hold the city accountable as a corporation, but it wouldn't hold anyone else. So while it would be symbolic and important, and I would love to get there, I think we need to still look at that other 98%. And it's really important too that waiting for these studies, and to be clear, we all want them yesterday, but here we are, it's okay, they're coming. But so waiting for these studies though isn't going to deter from what city staff are already working on. They're not going to stop, they're not going to slow down. Many delegations stood before council to urge them to increase the target, offering various suggestions for ways to progress towards a more ambitious target. 
and presenting the 50 by 2023 petition with 770 signatures so far. No one group or organization can fix it all, but we all have to do our part. Realistically, to avoid catastrophic outcomes, that means 50 by 2030. We cannot talk only about feasibility and costs associated with increasing greenhouse gas emissions goals and targets, but we also have to talk about the cost of not doing enough. The International Panel on Climate Change calls for a 50% reduction of greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 in developed countries. This is what we need to achieve. We recognize that the city of Kingston has done a lot, and we need to build on that. We recognize that provincial policies act as a barrier to local initiatives, and we urge you to continue to pressure the provincial government, and we wish to contribute to these efforts. So let us know how we can work with you. Oh, people say, we're only a small entity in this. What do we matter? I would say we matter plenty, not only because any action taken by local jurisdictions like ours will help to combat this crisis, but because we'll set an example for citizens and other municipalities to do likewise. It's cumulative. Just think of it. One city or town after another, then one province after another, then one country after another. That's how we'll get there, with meaningful action. And one such action Kings can take is to increase its emissions reduction goal from 30% by the year 2030, based on 2018 levels, to 50%. We are confident we can do it. I fundamentally believe it is each generation's job to leave the earth and our communities better than we found it. And this motion to increase the corporate emission target target to 50% reduction by 2030 is a key way I believe we can do this. This is the next step of Kingston maintaining its progressive climate action standing and continuing to attract members of my generation and future generations that our city, our councillors and mayor are actively working towards protecting a livable future. At the end of discussions, councillors chose to go forward with the delay, awaiting the results of staff's investigations into the topic to make more informed decisions. Basically, it's safe to say that getting these reports is really going to allow us to target locally where we're going to get the biggest bang for our buck because we've got a certain amount of resources that we're going to be able to put forward to this. So rather than right now saying, yep, we're just going to go for it without um, any clue on how we're getting there, we could be wasting resources. And so, you know, it, it, and I'm paraphrasing, and certainly you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what this says to me, that if we, for example, committed a million dollars today to do this, we wouldn't necessarily know where's the best place to spend it, and we may waste some of that getting a small reduction, whereas if we wait and we get the information we need, we can make a big step forward. And yes, I hear the chuckles, I hear all the rest of it, but any time that you advance something without knowing how you're gonna get there, you set yourself up to fail. And I don't wanna see us fail as a community. This is not that big a time to wait. And in the meantime, we've heard we have a number of projects underway. During the meeting, councillors also asked that staff share their current projects, stressing how the city is still pushing forward in reducing emissions despite delaying the formal establishment of a new goal. 
when we go through this recommendation, um, I think I think it's something, as Councillor Glenn said, it's something that we can uh, we can achieve, and, and and it gives us a direction, gives us a, a, a true measure of what we can do. And I think that's the responsible thing to do. So I want to thank staff for that and for the incredible work that we are doing. We can celebrate that. I, I don't think we can, need to hang our head low and say we have failed. We are we are we are accomplishing everything that we can do as a corporation and with incredible work that you're doing. So I, I don't just want to say that, I, I really mean it. And uh, I think that this is something we can support and moving forward and, and seeing how we can achieve the absolute best that we can. That wraps up your headlines for this evening. And next up is Zayden Vergara with your CFRC Sports Desk. Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and it's time for your CFRC Sports Roundup. Last Saturday, the Queens men's hockey team hosted the Concordia Stingers. They managed to walk away with a 3-0 victory, extending their winning streak and further pushing themselves up in the standings. This has also moved them on to 10 on the U Sports Top 10 rankings. The other Ontario and Quebec teams that are on the U Sports ranking are the UQTR Patriots, who sit in third as well as the number six McGill Redbirds and number seven Ottawa Gigi's. The men's hockey team did have a little bit of a rough patch near the end of the first semester before the winter break, but have really ramped it up and they're starting to pick up their season. They also have a match tonight at 7.30 at Memorial Center. If you can't make it, then keep your dial tuned into CFRC 101.9 FM or CFRC.ca, and I'll be there joined by the wonderful Lauren Peary to bring you live coverage of the Queens men's hockey team hosting the York Lions. It's going to be a really cool matchup, and Queens really needs this win to set themselves up for a great end of the season. Also coming up next Thursday on February 8th is the Carr Harris Cup. This match takes place at the Leon Center on Tragically Hip Way and is the oldest hockey rivalry known in the entire world between the RMC Paladins and your Queens Golden Gales. Tickets can be purchased at GoGalesGo.com February 8th. That's next Thursday. You don't want to miss out. And if you can't make it, there will also be live coverage here on CFRC and CFRC.ca. Moving on, your men's basketball team was able to beat the Windsor Lancers 87-74 last weekend. This extends them to have a six-game win streak as the Gales are definitely getting hot this week. Their current record is 13-3 for the entire season, and they've been going absolutely crazy. A big milestone during that game was Cole Silas, who was actually able to pass his 1,000th career point. So congratulations to Cole on an amazing milestone. Moving on to volleyball, the Queens Golden Gales have moved up to fifth in the U Sports ranking, the second Ontario team just behind the second-ranked Brock Badgers. The women's team over the weekend swept the McMaster Marauders in a two-game series, finishing the first one 3-0 and the second one 3-1. and The Gales had an electric comeback in the first set of the second game that really set the tone for the entire matchup. The next match is an away game at the Lakehead Thunderwolves this Friday at 6 p.m. If you'd like to tune in, you can go to OUA TV and you can get all your coverage there. And if not, I'll see you here next week to give you a bit more of a roundup on that one. Finally, Queen's Distant Track was able to pick up six medals at McGill Team Challenge and the women's 4x800 meter team set a new Queen's record. The squad of Lauren Lothar, 
Madeline Bullock, Keely Perez, and Elizabeth Vroom ran 9 minutes, 8 seconds, 0.28 to break the record set last year at the OUA Championships of 9 minutes and 9 seconds, 0.66. This time actually places them 8th in the nation and solidifies their chances to qualify for the U Sports Track and Field Championships in March. Congratulations to the women's track team and the entire track team as a whole as they had an absolutely crazy weekend. But on that note, that's all for your CFRC sports coverage. Now over to Erica Singh with some campus news updates. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Erica Singh and here is your campus news. In a relatively calm town hall meeting with students from the Faculty of Arts Sci, Provost Matthew Evans and Donna Janik, the Vice Principal of Finance and Administration, addressed concerns regarding the university's budget deficit and the future of the Faculty of Arts and Science. During the half-hour session in Mitchell Hall, Evans and Janik responded to questions when Barbara Crow, the Dean of the Faculty of Arts side, was not present to address specific inquiries directed towards her. Evans was questioned about reaching out to ArtSci alumni for donations to alleviate the budgetary strain, and when asked about potential cuts in high-revenue FAS departments, he directed these questions to Crow. The decision to limit minimum course enrollment to 10 students in FAS starting in fall 2024 was also mentioned by Evans, emphasizing that such decisions are made at the faculty level. Questions about the closure of admissions to arts and science online degrees and the hiring freeze were also deferred to Crow, and Evans stated that he hasn't received any exemption requests for the faculty hiring freeze. Evans shared that all faculties are making cuts, but assured students that everyone at the university will be able to complete their degree in full. International enrollment was highlighted as a significant project, with Evans hoping to inject more revenue after a drop in international enrollment. One strategy for international student recruitment might involve decreasing tuition to attract more students. Out-of-province student enrollment is another top priority. And Evans mentioned that the Student Affairs Department is hosting outreach sessions across Canada. When asked about transparency, Evans cited various sources of information and meetings available to students, including the Board of Trustees, Senate, and the Gazette. AMS executives were notably absent from the meeting, and Evans expressed a desire for frank conversations with student representatives. Despite being portrayed as the villain in media articles about the university budget deficit, Evans stated that he doesn't really care to rebrand and emphasize the resilience of the university. John Janik echoed similar sentiments, assuring students that tough times are being navigated collectively and the university will persevere. In other news, increased snowfall and low temperatures have left Queen's students incredibly dissatisfied with the university and the city of Kingston's winter precautions. Sidewalks throughout the university are still covered in snow and ice even days after the initial snowstorm, which can be extremely dangerous. Kingston transit buses, which many students depend on to get to class, have been delayed by sometimes over an hour or have no seats or spaces to stand due to the extreme number of people packed into the buses. Students are calling for better handling of winter weather and more buses to be added on the road. That's all for me today. Thank you so much. Now over to Chloe with the weather.
This is Chloe Paris coming in with your CFRC weather report for Wednesday, January 31st. For weather today, it will be mainly sunny with a high of 4. The UV index is looking to be around 2 or lower. For weather this evening, expect cloudy skies with a 30% chance of flurries or rain showers and a low of 0. That's all for your Wednesday weather report. Now it's time for your weekly CFRC traffic report. And now for your CFRC traffic report. Please note that winter parking ban is still in effect as of January 1st, 2024. Motorists are advised that overnight on-street parking is not permitted during the months of January and February. Public Service and Procurement Canada wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on the South Causeway for major rehabilitation during the November 1st to April 30th period. During this time, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. Motorists should expect short delays. Access will be maintained for pedestrians and cyclists. The PSPC encourages users to exercise caution while traveling on the bridge and thanks them for their patience. As for road closures this week, Market Street from King to Ontario will be closed January 30th from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. for the installation of Horizon at Springer Market Square. Additionally, University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until May 29th for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's John Dutch University Centre project. Parking disruptions include the Chow Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project, which is now in its final phase. The work is winding down, is close to completion, and expected to conclude in late February. The work is completed in phases to allow the building to remain open to public parking for the duration of the project. As such, phase work areas will occupy a maximum of 10% of the available parking stalls at a time. Up to 45 spaces will be out of commission. There is also parking availability at the Hanson Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking garages in the two adjacent blocks to the east. Upcoming parking lot closures include the Drury parking lot located at 57 Queen Street, which will be permanently closed on February 4th of 2024. This closure is to accommodate the expansion of the ongoing construction project at 18 Queen Street and 282 Ontario Street, known as Block 5. This lot will serve as a construction staging and parking for the project. The city has a range of parking options available to short-term parkers throughout Kingston. Community members can access alternate parking options by visiting cityofkingston.ca slash parking. Recommended locations within a couple blocks include the Frontenac, Ontario Brock, Barack, and Angrove lots as well as the Hanson Garage. Other delays include Queen Street from Montreal to Sydenham, which expect an eastbound lane closure until April 1st of 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the lane closure. And now on to Christina for your community events calendar. And now it's time for the CFRC Community Concerts and Events Calendar. Have an event you would like covered on our website and news programming? Contact us via cfrc.ca today. To start us off with events, on February 1st, the Horizon Art Installation opens in Springer Market Square. Get cozy in a beautifully constructed cocoon and keep your eyes on the sky as the rocking of the cocoon's chair triggers a magical series of lights and music inspired by the twinkling stars, soaring birds, and windswept trees. This illuminating light and sound experience is made to be enjoyed 
anytime during day and night for free, and will be available daily in the square until February 22nd. For further information, you can visit downtownkingston.ca slash horizon. On February 2nd, the 25th annual Reel Out Queer Film Festival kicks off at the screening room. This festival will be showcasing over 90 films from 35 countries, as well as their exciting narratives and incredible shorts programs. This event will run from February 2nd to February 11th at the screening room. To view a list of showtimes and purchase tickets, you can visit reelout.com. On February 3rd, attention all undergraduate students passionate about neuroscience. Running from February 3rd to 4th, New Generation will be holding their annual neuroscience conference held at the School of Medicine building. This conference will explore a wide variety of topics within neuroscience, from mental health and neurodegenerative diseases to topics in artificial intelligence, neurosurgery, and neuroplasticity. The conference will start at 9 a.m. on February 3rd and end at 6 p.m. on February 4th. For more information, a detailed itinerary, and to purchase tickets, you can visit newgeneration.com. Also being held this weekend, February 3rd and 4th, is the Queen's Space Conference. This is an annual space conference centered around a series of exciting talks, innovative workshops, and networking opportunities. The conference will be held at Residence in Marriott from 9 a.m. on February 3rd to 5 p.m. on February 4th. For more information and to purchase day passes, you can visit qsconference.ca. On February 3rd, the Kingston Broadneck Public Library will be holding an all-ages winter carnival at the Salvation Army Church from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. This event will have horse rides, a barbecue, and other community interactive activities. Finally, on February 4th and every following Sunday, Runner's Choice will be hosting a 40-90 to 90 minute weekly run group for all ages and all paces. This group will meet at 8.30 a.m. outside Runner's Choice for some easy miles. After reconvening at Runner's Choice, the group will head over for coffee and conversation at Coffee & Company. If you are joining this group for the first time, call Runner's Choice at 613-542-2410 or visit runnerschoicekingston.com. Now getting into our upcoming concerts, tonight on January 31st, five Dates will be performing covers of Mumford & Sons, Blue Rodeo, and Neil Young at Spearhead Brewery from 7pm to 10pm for free. This is an all-ages event. Tomorrow on February 1st, head over to Musiki Cafe and Whiskey Bar at 8pm to see Frank Ryan perform. This event is pay what you want by donation to the musicians. This is a 19 plus event. On February 2nd, rock out at the mansion with a short walk to Pluto as they wrap up their first ever tour. They'll be joined by local groups Luscious and Kojak. The show, which is 19 plus, runs from 9pm to 11.30pm. Purchase tickets for $15 at TicketScene.ca. That wraps up your community events calendar for tonight. Be sure to head to our website, CFRC.ca, for a full list of events. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, you can head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at screeningroomkingston.com. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats and sunglasses, everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear.